Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Content warnings for this episode include transphobia, mental health, bullying, misgendering, and mention of recent anti-trans laws, including the Don't Say Gay bill. So hi, everyone. I'm Gender Master. I use they, them pronouns, and I will let my wonderful guest introduce themselves. Hello. Uh, my name is Andy. I also use they, them pronouns. And um, as Gender Master said, I'm an illustrator. I'm from the Netherlands originally. I, I've lived in the US for a lot of years at this point, and I'm here to talk about children's books. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So we actually met because I started this little stream team called Gender Federation, and you saw it on Twitter and was mm-hmm. like, hey, I want to do something like this. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, hey, I do art and maybe we'll stream <laughs> one day. Can I draw things for you? Which was so great. <laughs> and there's there was there were a couple of illustrated type people that had applied, but none of them have 20 published books. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Not that happening? that means a lot, but yeah. It means you've been at it a while at least. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. I was just like, wow. That's cool. This person wants to do this stuff. So yeah, so that's how we met. And it's been so fun yeah. working on little projects for Gender Federation. I know it's a sleepy team right now. It's uh, I'd moved my whole life. And so it had to take a nap for a while because I didn't have a computer that was plugged into the wall. Yeah, we'll get back <laughs> into it yeah. soon. At some point. Maybe after all of the trans and queer people finish Pride Month, gauntlet then we can get back to it it's just it's a lot yeah pride is a lot it's a busy month for everyone it is for sure yeah so andy i would love for you to share a little bit with the audience about what are some things that you can trace back to your youth that indicated you might be gender diverse one day so i read this question when we talked about stuff in the very beginning and i really had to think about it i wasn't i honestly wasn't sure And, but there are, and it's funny, a lot of the stuff I ended up tracing back is those memes that you see online. And it was things like, so in middle school and high school, I was like capital A ally. I wanted, I was in all the GSAs. I wanted to do everything, would organize events, do all the rainbow stuff. And, but the whole time I was like, oh, I'm not queer. I just, or at least I don't think I am. I just, I want to support people. And I think LGBT rights are very important and I care about them. So I'm going to do all that stuff. And fast forward to a few years later and I was like, oh, wait. No, I was the whole time. I just didn't know. So I think that was one of the first main indicators is I was very involved in GSAs and LGBT clubs and stuff like that. Yeah. I love that. I I have a picture of me in a pride parade, like 
in college, at least a year before I came out as lesbian, which I've come out as many identities since then. There's these pictures from me at Pride years and years ago. And when I look at them, I realize there's some of them are taken of me, some of them are pictures that I took of people at Pride. And I was like, oh, I eventually dated that one. And oh, I remember um. being so interested in these people, these like topless trans men and their surgery scars. And now I've had top surgery. And it's just yeah. interesting to see what did I pick up on at the Pride Parade? And yeah, it was yeah, so gay. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. The capital A ally. And it's also for me, part of why it's important to have room for like genuine allies in trans and queer spaces, because you just never know when someone's going to have an awakening and realize, oh, actually. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And that's not to say that happens to everyone. I have plenty of friends who are just cis and straight and are great allies. But for some of us, it just happens to be a little bit different. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so fun. How has your relationship to gender evolved over time, Andy? Like, where did you start? Where are you now? So my first sort of, I came out as bi first. So my, my first sort of journey into the LGBT community was through the lens of sexuality. And it wasn't until much, much later I started thinking about gender as well. I had never met a trans person. I didn't even really know what it meant to be transgender, let alone being non-binary. It was never really talked about where I grew up. So it wasn't until college that I met a lot of non-binary and trans people. I went to art school. There's a lot of queers in art school. There's a lot of queers everywhere, but also at art school in particular (laughs) and seeing how I just I looked at them and it started to make sense for me as well I was always an uncomfortable teenager and I thought the reactions I was having towards myself and my body and my experiences were just part of being a teenager Mm -hmm. but as I started talking to cis people versus trans people and it just all started to make sense and gel together more over time and that took a long time I definitely struggled with the idea of being non-binary and not being trans enough especially because I really like to mix feminine and masculine elements of appearance in my personal gender expression. And then there's societal's view of androgyny, which is definitely the more masculine, like white, able-bodied, usually thin person. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely struggled with having to adhere to that image for a long time. And I realized, I think where I'm at now is liking more feminine things again after a period of just being like i can't like anything that's on that side of the spectrum because it'll make me less quote unquote valid and i was talking to somebody and they said the sentence i want to perform femininity without it being assigned to me Mm -hmm. and I think that's where I'm at right now. I really love that sentiment. I'm experimenting and seeing how that goes. That's wonderful. I love that. I've, I've spoken with trans men who like full on top surgery beard, like passes, passes a cis guy who Mm -hmm. like now that they have made it as far into their transition as they have, they love wearing like, a dress or a skirt or do their hair in a fun way or 
braids or whatever and just playing with gender and that really makes sense to me yeah yeah just ah yes a grab bag of many options your gender is so powerful you can have all the options you can just binary to the other (laughs) it's so good we were talking a little bit before stream about your name and Mm -hmm. how you are a published illustrator on multiple books and what has it been like having your name and changing what you go by while you're a published illustrator? What is mm-hmm. that process? What are complications you ran into? What are some solutions you found? What was all of that? What sure. is all of that? It's weird. It mm-hmm. can get confusing. And mostly because I think oftentimes people have a very clear idea of this is my dead name. That's what the name that I was given when I was born. And I don't like that name anymore. I don't identify with it. This is my real name. And for me, it's, it feels different because, so I was born in the Netherlands and in, in over there, Anne, or as it's pronounced in Dutch, Anna is a gender neutral name. Mm -hmm. So I always kind of thought that was a cool coincidence. Hey, I turned out to be non-binary and my parents gave me a gender neutral name. That's kind of neat. But unfortunately in English speaking countries, it's not really gender neutral at all. And so I felt that I was, I kept being gendered as a woman whenever people saw my name, like automatically they just assumed. And that's the part about it that I didn't like. So I chose Andy as it's still close to that name but gender neutral in in English as well. And I think for a while I was like, well, I'll just keep going by Anne professionally. It doesn't have to change over everywhere. But over time, going by two different names and like one in one spot and one in the other, I think people got a little bit confused by it or just didn't know, didn't understand why I was doing it. And so slowly I've just been transitioning to full-time Andy on like books and stuff too. And you'll see books now that are going to come out that will have both names on it because before it was just Anne. And so we're now rolling it over to, to Andy all of the time everywhere, but it has been weird. And just for people to even just find you on the internet, it helps to have a consistent name everywhere. Luckily my last name usually takes care of that, but It's been a, it's been a journey and a little bit of a mess sometimes, but that's okay. (laughs) And a lot of name changes are like that. When my wife and I got married, so we're both gender neighbors. I'm non-binary and she's a trans woman. Mm -hmm. And when we got married, we had both within the last five years gone through the process of changing our names everywhere. And so we were like, we're not doing it again. Yeah. It'd be nice to have matching last names. We're just not, it's too much work. Yeah. And that's a big deterrent right now for me to to legally change my name. One thing is I still like my name and I don't really want to get rid of it. And it's just so much work. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how and when did you get into illustration? Did you draw as a kid? Do you like hand drawing more than computer drawing or a mixture of the two? And how did you get started in all this? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was one of those kids who was always drawing from a very young age. And then high school was the time where it evolved more and I decided I wanted to go to art school. So I did that for college. I actually went for animation first and then decided I did not like that. And I switched to, I was an an illustration major in college 
and worked at a company for a while after I graduated several different companies doing like art work and it was which was good it was really fun but I started to do uh, freelance on the side and I realized that was a lot more fulfilling for me in a way I really wanted to use my art in part to reach out to my community being the LGBT community and the trans community and just focusing on that part of myself and bringing a little bit of more like political activism into it as well. So when I felt like I could, I got, I ended up getting an illustration agent that they're the ones who connect you with jobs, with publishers and different people. And when I felt like I had like a client base, hey, I can survive on this. I can do this full time. I ended up quitting my job and I'm still a freelancer now. So it's not going too bad. That's so awesome. How long have you been freelance now? Almost four years. Brad? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And Hope even it continues. Like through the pandemic and yeah. being home, yeah. you were like, I got this. <laughs> yeah, it was weird because nothing really, or not nothing, but in terms of working, not a lot changed for me because I was already working from home. So that was definitely a really privileged position to be in at that time. Yeah. I used to have a more corporate job and I decided one of the many reasons to leave that is to do content creation about gender and gender identity Mm -hmm. because I think it's important to talk about this stuff. And I was just imagining like all the trans like college students and youth that were just starting to come out at school and then had to go home because of stay at home orders and stuff and go right back in the closet. And so I was like, I want to make a space online for all of these 20 something trans people who are just starting to blossom and then had to, you know, to have a space to be themselves Mm -hmm. and be surrounded by others who are similarly minded. So it's, it's been a powerful experience and really I'm grateful for it. And I love that, um, doing this gender wonderful work is also so appealing to you yeah for sure yay what's the first book that you made so the first books that i got hired for were not lgbt topic related at all i got hired for a lot of baby board books about numbers and colors and learning your first animals which is super fun work too and then i think the first yeah the first lgbt book i got hired to do was uh it's called rainbow a first book of pride written by michael genhart and that was that came out in 2019 i started working on it in like 2018 but it got released in in 2019 and i was also doing my comics online at the same time on my instagram I did a lot of just like weekly little comics about being non-binary and just dealing with people in public, like weird little things that would happen. And I think that led to me getting more assignments just in that area of, of topics. And I've been doing like one or two books a year pretty consistently. Now there's been a lot more about queer issues too, which is great. I hope it continues. I'm writing my my own book right now, which is coming out summer of next year. It's called Gender Identity for Kids. 
And it's just a really simplified, accessible explanation of what gender is and what it feels like. And just explaining different identities you can have and how many different ways people can exist in the world, just trying to cultivate a very accepting environment. And yeah, I I hope I can continue doing this for a very long time because it's super fun. Yeah. I love that so much. Do you think this is a good time to take a minute to look at some of your specific works on your website? Mm -hmm. Because you have so many cool things that you've created. So I have the, your homepage pulled up right now. It says my family and other families, and maybe we can work together to do some image descriptions for folks. So if there's people listening Mm -hmm. later and they can't see what we're looking at, they can have a sense of what we're looking at. And so My Family and Other Families is a book that was just announced. The cover was revealed and it's coming out in December, I think. I should know this. I think it's December. (laughs) But it was actually written by two dads in London on Instagram. I don't know if anyone knows them or, or follows them. But it's just been an adventure through a fun fair, meeting different types of families, family structures. There's queer families, there's single parents. And it's just, again, showing how much diversity our world has and how there's different ways that a family can exist. And they're all loving and they can all be quote unquote. So it's a very, it's a fun book. It was really fun to work on. I see just in this image alone, some racial diversity. I see someone in a hijab. I see what looks to be a three generational family, an interracial couple. I see a youth with vitiligo and probably more. What else is going on here in this picture? There's, yeah, there's a lot of, um, so the family in that corner is like two two grandparents um, supposed to be. There's a kid with two dads. There's a single mom. And yeah, and even in the interior, like these are the main families you encounter within the book. But there are many more just people walking around in the background. And we really wanted to make it as like diverse as possible while we were working on this. Yeah. I love how colorful your work is, too. It's so wonderful. Where should we go to look at some um, of your various books? I would go to the freelance tab at the very top that has um got it. Most of the different books on it. Oh my gosh, I love the wild rainbow with the pride lion. <laughs> it's so fun. Look at all these books. Oh my gosh. So yeah, a lot of these are ended up being about LGBT topics and just like the inclusivity in general. Being You, the very first one, is uh, a part of a series called First Conversations that Megan Madison and Jessica Rowley wrote. And they are absolutely incredible educators. The sort of care they put into these books and the detail and just making sure that everyone feels represented and included has been they've just been amazing to work with and really inspiring to me as well because i'm still learning every day too i've i feel like we're always forever learning and like also unlearning our own prejudices and behaviors that that we've internalized over time so they've been really great with that and like teaching me things about hey how can i draw people more inclusively as well but yeah this book is about gender 
and it's the age range is two to five. So it's very young kids and it goes into when a baby is born, it gets announced like, hey, this is a boy, this is a girl. But what does that really mean? And is that really true? And like, why is that? And just helping people question why things are a certain way and just celebrating, again, all the different ways that people around us can exist. I've noticed this sort of UFO in a lot of your art. Is that sort of your (laughs) like little signature (laughs) cutesy thing you like to add and it's honestly it's honestly accidental i just really like (laughs) aliens it's one of those i'm i'm an aquarius i'm obsessed with aliens it's one of those (laughs) lovely stereotypes that i've just embraced aliens non-binary yeah it makes sense (laughs) but yeah with that particular spread they were just like hey draw kids playing with some toys and what i went with was spaceships yeah there's no hidden symbolism there it just happened so fun yeah someone in the twitch chat says i really love the kind of paper doll style of people Mm -hmm. that you have it's really cute and fun oh thank you that means a lot yeah wow these there's so many fun things here my goodness if i remember you also have a book about pronouns somewhere yeah the next one what are your words is about pronouns and that one it was really special because Catherine locke who wrote it is also non-binary so it was very special to have two non-binary creators work on something together like this and the fact that i was hired and you've got and... Your pronouns on the cover of the book yep oh my gosh did you take these pictures of the book no, those were uploaded on to Whispers Amazon. Don't buy books on Amazon. But I did these photos, so I stole them a little bit. They're very whimsical. Yeah. I think their stuff like that is done through the, the publisher themselves. Usually they probably uploaded those. I just ended up really liking them. So the next thing that I notice is you have at least three books about like voting or social justice. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. And again, so much of it depends on what what publishers end up being interested in you for, mm-hmm. what you get hired for. Mm-hmm. And I feel very lucky that like these are the kind of projects that people come to me for. And I also think it's very important. And I think it's just, I think if you have a shared passion for these kind of topics, it shows in the books as well. Obviously the people making these books think it's important. And because I do as well, I think it just helps. Maybe give, make the art speak a little bit more, give it a little bit more power. I love the 450 stickers for democracy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And that one has other illustrators as well. It, it wasn't just me. There was a whole bunch of us who got, I think each of us did four or five sheets or something nice. and they all got compiled into the book. And that was all before the 2020 elections. There's also a book here that says trans plus. Yes. That's cool. That is, it's a great guide. I was going to talk about it later too when... Okay. Um, we talk about like books and stuff, but yeah, I illustrated that. And it's more of like a guidebook for teenagers. So it's a little bit older than what I normally do, but it's, it's an excellent book too. Well, 
Wonderful. These are all so fun. Yeah. Let's get back to the questions then. So you can tell sure. us about things. And if there's a specific <laughs> book you want me to pull up for you at any point, just let okay. me know. So what books or artists inspired you to make your own art and books? I think Instagram was a really big influencer in like me just discovering what was possible, especially because I started, I started out by drawing comics about my experiences and then that developed into doing illustrations for books. So Julia Kay is an artist. She did, she started doing comics on Instagram and then those have been published. I think it's under the name Up and Out comics. If you look that up on Instagram, she's super cool. Maya Kobabe is a great illustrator that I think a lot of people have heard of because your books got banned a lot recently with all the political upheaval that's been happening. But Gender Queer is a really great graphic novel that that talks about your experiences coming out and just dealing with identity and, and different things. Jules Scheel is another great illustrator. And if I'm mispronouncing any of these, I, I've only ever read these names on Instagram. I just realized that. So I'm pronouncing them how I think they would be pronounced or how I've always said them in my head. But if they're wrong, I apologize. And anyone can correct me. But yeah, so Jules Scheel worked on, uh, there's a book called Queer, A Graphic History, which is a great graphic novel. And that if you have a chance to check that out, it's really great. It goes through the start of the LGBT movement and pride and different things. And just their, all their collective styles really, really inspired me and just showed me that you can start by doing these things on social media and then evolve to do books and other things. And I really started to strive to to do that as well and you've talked about it some but are there topics that you like to emphasize in your books i think a lot of it is i just want people to be able to see themselves represented i think everyone deserves that and i love creating work that shows how People can be very different from each other, but still support each other. And in the end, like fundamentally work together to create a better world and dismantle some of the systems that have been designed to like to, to oppress us basically to, cause they don't, there's people who don't want you to know that there are other people like you and that the way you exist in the world is okay. So I think ultimately, inclusivity, diversity, positivity, just showing people having community. I think that's super, super important to me. Yeah. Representation definitely matters. I was noticing as we were looking through some of your books, there's like people with hearing aids and people with limbs that are added on later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think there's a person in a wheelchair. I think it's cool that not only are you representing like gender and sexuality diversity, but you're, you've got racial diversity. You've got some different abilities. I wonder, do you ever talk about, maybe it would be the author's job to talk about neurodivergence in the books, but have you ever illustrated a book that has neurodivergent or autistic or ADHD people in them? Yes. So There have been sensory tools that have been included in different books I've illustrated. We just had someone 
recently we had some like sensory we had some headphones just to, like those like sound blocking headphones that mm-hmm. kids can sometimes wear we've included like stimming tools someone holding like a fidget spinner or different things that so just like any visual representations that we can get of those things i've, I've definitely tried to to include because often like most books except for obviously the one I'm writing now. I'm not the author of, but it is my job, I think, to then translate the author's text and also include as many people as possible in in, in the imagery that goes along with it. Yeah. So maybe it's even just someone in the background walking by with Mm -hmm. headphones on. I love that. Exactly, yeah. How do you keep a book's topics accessible to children since that's the primary audience that you're illustrating for? So the first time I really came across this was with me writing my own book. Since normally I I, I just do the art for it. And in, in the sense of the illustrations, I think a lot of it is what we just talked about, making sure there's a lot of diversity in the books and that the kids are able to see themselves in the world around them in mm-hmm what the images are. In terms of language, it was really interesting to think about because you have to keep the language very simple. And it's actually interesting because explaining something to, as if you're explaining it to to a kid or someone younger, it makes you understand it better yourself as well. You end up having to compare being assigned a gender For example, in my book that's about to come out, I compare to being told what your favorite color is when you're born. Okay, you're born, you can pick either red or blue as your favorite color, and that has to be your favorite color forever. You can't change it. But what if you like a different color? Or what if you like, what if you were told to like blue, but you like red instead? What if you like orange or yellow or green? So you break down concepts into a way that's digestible for kids and make it very age appropriate. And I think that's helpful for adults a lot of the time too. Having things broken down in that sort of language. I think a lot of stuff that's aimed at adults that is about gender and sexuality can be very heavy academic texts sometimes. And if you're, say you are a parent who your kid comes out to you and you're like, oh my God, I have no idea what this means. I have no idea what to do. Those academic texts don't really serve you a whole lot. You need those simple explanations of, okay, what what does this mean? How do I handle this? And I end up recommending a lot of books for kids and teenagers to adults as well, just because it's one, they're more fun to read and they're easier to understand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a kid friendly, this is your challenge question. Do you have a kid friendly Mm -hmm. explanation of what it feels like to be misgendered or dead named? I think the way I would explain it is if you have a certain picture of yourself and you certain information about yourself as a person and you know who you are, it can be really hurtful for someone else to not see that 
or for someone else to deny you that in a way, because sometimes misgendering and dead naming can be purposeful. And it's just like any other way of choosing to hurt someone with using words, like calling someone a bad word. It could be a very similar feeling mm-hmm. to that. I think in my book i just described it as it feels really icky so yeah it does feel icky yeah it does (laughs) i've been trying to think of what is like a cisgender heteronormative experience that's similar to that feeling Mm, sure misgendered dead name because for me it's such a visceral experience like there's this there's some sort of brain chemistry thing that happens where my brain dumps I think stress hormones into my body or mm-hmm. shame or both and and then I like slightly dissociate and the sound goes out wherever I'm sitting I can't hear things for a while and I totally lose my focus and train of thought of whatever I was doing yeah. it's it's really disruptive to my flow like it is for the people doing it they just they hear my voice and they're like ah oh, let's she her this person and it's yeah but my clothes and, I think- and my beard that's growing in and <laughs> my complete yeah. and utter lack of breasts are you not paying attention <laughs> like <laughs> I think what it comes down to as well is then, and that's something I hope that these books will do as well, is informing people that have never questioned gender, have never thought about it, that the world isn't as black and white as they see it. There are other options. And I would hope then as well that, because we're all taught certain things from when we're a kid about gender, like you're told you're a girl, for example, you should wear skirts, you should like dolls. That's a very like Mm. simplistic terms, but those are the messages that, that you get told. Yeah. And just having people question why that is, and Mm -hmm. is it really even true? And why can't we like or do other things? And isn't it weird that because your genitals look a certain way when you're born, your whole life gets planned out for you and you're supposed to have a certain personality or like certain things or do certain things more or less just because of the way your body looked when you were born. And it's a very, it's a very Western idea. It's based in a lot of like colonial ideas and racism as well. So I think if we go down to the very core of it, if we try to like dismantle those systems and dismantle white supremacy, ultimately you sort of end up getting into all of it. And I just want people to question when they say, oh, these things just are the way that they are. Like it's natural. That's what's quote unquote normal. I'm like, okay, but why though? Think about why. And is it actually true? Really good things to think about. Why do you think it's important for kids to have access to books on LGBTQIA plus topics? I think it's important, one, for kids to learn about the diversity of the world around them. There's this, when I do my own presentations, I use this idea a lot. Introduced by Emily Style in the late 80s which is the idea of books as mirrors and windows. So a book can be a mirror. It can help you see yourself 
It can help you discover who you are. Seeing yourself reflected or recognizing an experience gives a confidence boost. It feels really good to be like, hey, that looks like me. That feels like me. And also, if you have a name for a certain feeling, it can be easier to explain to others or find people that feel the same way as you and, you know, create a, a, a community that understands you. A big reason why I didn't know I was non-binary until college is because I had never seen anyone who was non-binary. I didn't even know of the existence of that word. So I think just knowing that there are options, it can be really helpful for someone to feel understood. And then the idea of a book as a window is that you're looking out at somebody and seeing someone who is not like you and whose life may be different than yours. And I think that creates understanding and it nurtures an environment of empathy and acceptance and just knowing that not everyone is the same as you and not everyone goes through the same experiences, I think creates kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. And I think we need that right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I I love the focus on generating more empathy. Mm-hmm. That's good. People will often argue that kids are too young to be able to learn about these topics. What do you think about this or say when you hear this come up? Yeah, I think it's obvious that I strongly disagree <laughs> with that sentiment. Kids already see the world around them. They get influenced by, if we focus in on gender, they get messages about that all the time already anyway. TV commercials, movies, they see men and women performing certain roles or I know the political debate has gotten a lot into, you know, kids are too young to see LGBT relationships in media. And I think if you're applying that, if you think about it logically, then that should be applied to learning about being cisgender as well and straight relationships as well. Why is it that movies and different media can have cisgender straight couples and it's no problem at all, but once there is a queer couple involved, it's indoctrination and it's not, and it's toxic. And I think ultimately that just leads back to your issue is not with showing kids relationships. It's with showing kids LGBT people and that something is inherently wrong with that. And it's just not. Kids know what the world around them looks like. They will have queer people in their lives, maybe a parent or or someone in their family or parents of friends and maybe even themselves. And I think they deserve to see their environment and themselves reflected back at them. I think if you censor certain stories and a child sees themselves in that story, you're telling them that their experience isn't deserving of being shown and protected. And I don't think that's a message that is good for anyone to hear, just that your experiences aren't valid or aren't, yeah, aren't deserving of being shared with the world, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree that that kids should have a chance to see what's out there. Yeah. If I think hard, the first mention in my life of any sort of like LGBTQ adult is my mom had a picture of her and her friend was a gay man 
And she told yeah. us when we were little kids, it's okay to love anyone you love. This is my friend, Dan, the gay man. It was the 90s. It's so cute. <laughs> this is Dan, the gay man. He yeah. loves other men. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> she was always really careful about saying, you can bring home anyone that you want. Mm-hmm. She wasn't locked into binary gender language about it. And she's actually been on this show. So if anyone oh, wants awesome. to hear the entire interview with my mom, it's I think it's like episode 14 or something. That number could be wrong, but it's Meowster's mom or whatever. I don't know if we actually ever say her name on stream. We might, but, but yeah, it was a great interview and it's fun to be able to talk with her about that. So the last sort of question on this topic before my wrapping up questions are what books or resources do you recommend for parents, caretakers, and kids? And should we switch back to our super cool screen share again so we can see? Um, I actually have, I have real life books next to me that I was going to show. I was going to do like a little show and tell. I love it. Situation. It's not Um, a children's book discussion unless they're show and tell. Unless they're showing them, <laughs> obviously. So fun. So I'm going to go from youngest up to teens and adults and stuff. We go through different groups. Awesome. Um, Sounds great. So these are two that we talked about that I illustrated. So there's What Are Your Words? And then Being You, we talked about. Oh, yeah. So cute. How it's just a really, like the age range is two to five. It's super young. And it's really just a very simple explanation of gender and how it's okay to wonder and it's okay to change your your feelings about it. So I definitely recommend that one. Then there's a kid's book about gender by Dale Mueller, I think is how you pronounce their last name. So this is what the cover looks like for this one, just a kid's book about gender. And what's fun is they go a lot more into their own personal experiences with gender too, which I really liked about this book. So recommend that one. And then this one is called, Who Are You? And it's a really cute book as well. Again, goes through different, it's by Brooke Pesson Wedby. And this one has been around for a while, but it has just, also a lot of cool illustrate like it's a very different more realistic illustration style oh yeah which is really cool to see and then the last one for this age group that actually gave away to one of my friends at a baby shower i gave away my copy but it's called it feels good to be yourself and that's it's a newer book as well and the illustrations are gorgeous. There's so much diversity and visible disabilities as well and different skin colors. And I would really recommend that one too. If you have children in your life that you want to talk about these topics with. That's so great. Who is It Feels Good to Be Yourself by? The illustrations are by Noah Greeny, which I love. I think... uh, the author is, I'm looking it up right now. Theresa Thorne is the author. Awesome. Yeah. And then, so you mentioned that you saw Trans Plus while we were looking on my website. Oh, this yeah. is Trans Plus right here. As you can see, it's a lot thicker. It's obviously not a children's book. It's definitely for teenagers and it goes into more like transition related things as well. Like the social aspects of transitioning. It's a lot more like in depth and specific just about trans identity and yeah, all kinds of different things that you can go through as a trans teenager, basically. 
And one of the writers is a trans woman. I feel like that it's always great for trans and non-binary people themselves to be involved in these types of projects. I just think that's super important because we know what we're talking about. So yeah, this one's for teenagers. And then I think we all know this person, probably. Alloc is absolutely amazing and I love everything that they do. So I definitely recommend uh, people read this book as well if they haven't. It's very di digestible, very, I think it's like maybe yeah, it's 60, 63 pages. And they have a lot of really good insight and information about just gender roles and where they come from and how they evolved from a lot of Western, mainly white attitudes and how that's just not the way it's always been and not the way that it always needs to be. And the rest of this series is also great. It's the Pocket Change Collective. They do really cute books and they're not all about a gender. They're about really all kinds of different social justice topics, but they're really fun to, to look at and read. Gender Queer by Maya Kababe is the book we talked about earlier that has been banned in a lot of places. It's an amazing graphic novel just about like personal experiences and you can see how like beautifully illustrated it is so definitely recommend picking that up if you haven't yet just a very talented illustrator and an amazing personal story to read and then i have i just have three or four more this is exciting people in the chat are asking for this list <laughs> yeah no and i'll type up like the list after and awesome. i'll probably add some more that i'm forgetting now because yeah talking to people is overwhelming totally um, fair so for those curious, all of this information will be in the show notes. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the, the description. If you're yeah. listening to the podcast, it'll be in the podcast description. Yeah. This series, uh, it's called A Quick and Easy Guide, and they've done A Quick and Easy Guide to They, Them Pronouns and A Quick and Easy Guide to Queer and Trans Identities. And both of these are really great they're all illustrated with comics as well limited color like a very pretty colorful comics and same with this one as, well. as you can see and again it's very digestible very just good information i always like recommending these to people especially if they have someone in their life who maybe doesn't understand like trans identities or the use of different pronouns that aren't binary or neo pronouns. And if you're having a hard time with words or explaining it yourself, you can just be like, hey, read this. And then if you have any questions, please let me know and we'll talk about it more, but read this first because I don't know how to explain it better than if you just read these books and they're not very long books like this one is so like tiny it's not gonna take them weeks to read it maybe like a day or something and then last two these are longer books these are more like a prose format there's how to understand your gender and these are jules shields illustrations that i talked about earlier they did some stuff for this book as well and this one is by alex young toffee and meg john barker they've written a lot of other books together as well, but it really goes into how does 
like sex assigned at birth work versus gender and what does that mean in in a social context it, it's very much more for like older teens and a, but if someone is really curious about understanding this kind of stuff and understanding or learning about different gender identities i that i recommend this one and then lastly, this one's by Eris Young. It's called They, Them, There, A Guide to Non-Binary and Gender Queer Identities. And this one really goes into the non-binary aspect of being trans. So, okay, there's more trans representation and people are learning more about transgender people, but what does it mean if within that you are then also non-binary and you don't really conform to the idea of people think of what a man is or people think of what a woman is and the different experiences people have with that and what's cool about this book is it has little little interviews with non-binary people as well which are very affirming to read i always feel like reading other people's experiences is it just helps yeah yeah that was my show and tell. Oh my gosh, I love show and tell. <laughs> so took, many, so much information. So many, I took so many notes, and there's so many missing bits of information. I'm sure I can. I'm gonna, talk to I'm you gonna about make like a summary because that was a lot. I'll admit. Okay, we're joking in the Twitch chat about how now everyone needs to go buy a new bookshelf so they can buy. All yeah, books. just make another IKEA shelf and <laughs> throw it on there. I love it. This is the last call to the chat. If any of you have questions, this is technically an AMA. In the meantime, mm -hmm. I have one or two left myself. But if anyone has questions for Andy while well, we've got them here, let us know. Andy, can you share an experience with gender euphoria? Yes. I want to preface this by saying that you to be trans, you don't need to have dysphoria you don't need to like transition in any way or have surgery in any way i did personally and for me it was a very affirming experience and definitely brought me a lot of gender euphoria but i understand it's not that way for everybody i think getting top surgery for me was really a very it, it was a big deal because afterwards you were close they finally look right on you that that feeling was it was incredible and i still it goes back to that thing we were talking about earlier like i can wear i can wear dresses now but because my chest is flat i'm like this looks right this is what it's supposed to look like i just it's a little bit in between Mm -hmm. different gender expressions and I like it that way and then when when I saw the phrase gender euphoria when you said this to me before immediately my mind went to haircuts like haircuts <laughs> and dyeing my hair is such a euphoric thing for me so yeah That's this is going green again I always, I always is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's they're so good you can do so much <laughs> Everyone, you too can be part of the Mohawk squad. You just of the of the barber. mullet squad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> All right, is there anything about the topic of illustrating uh, children's books that we didn't talk about that you wanted to make sure you said? Did we miss anything? Hmm. Gosh, I don't know. I think sometimes the process can be a little bit different than people think, mm. which sometimes is just it's just fun to tell people when you get hired to do a children's book uh, usually you just talk to the publisher it's the publisher who hires you and picks the right illustrator the author usually doesn't get 
much of a say. They get say and they give feedback on the illustrations to see whether it represents what they want to say. But they don't usually pick who they want to work with, which is funny and not a lot of people know that. And sometimes you don't even meet the author. Some of some projects I've worked on, I never even talked to the person who wrote the book. I think a lot of the LGBT related books you do end up meeting and talking just because it's a project that you're both very passionate about. And so you end up like exchanging information. And then I've done like talks with people now, but we got together on our own and and did that afterwards. It wasn't like from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. What would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary slash trans issues? I think that, first of all, gender is very fluid. And I think it's okay to be open to changes. And just, I've been through a lot of different identities in my life, or just, I was feeling different ways about my gender while using the same label. And I think that's okay. I think sometimes we get pushed into a certain narrative. Yeah, so just be open to those changes. And these two things we talked about earlier as well, but I just wanted to reiterate is to just question the world around you. If someone says something is the way it is, or something should be done a certain way, especially related to gender. Ask yourself why and see if there's a good reason for it. Is it actually true or is it based on like cis heteronormative ideas of how the world has been? And then again, a lot of today's transphobia that's been happening can ultimately be traced back to colonial attitudes, racism. And so I think if we work on dismantling the sort of like white supremacy and those like systems of, of of power that enforce those ideas. I think we can help like all the different groups of people that are affected by those by those systems right now and by those ideas. So it's all interconnected, intersectionality and such. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andy, for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure to have you. For folks just stopping in or who have been here the whole time, Andy does have a link tree. The promo has been posted in the chat about every 10 minutes here, but Andy's got a website, Instagram, Twitter, Ko-Fi, bookshop.org affiliate page. So if people want to buy all these fabulous books you're telling us about, including ones you've written, is that the right link? Should we get it from there? I would, yeah. I I make, so full disclosure, if you get it from there, I would get a kickback, which is not really what I'm doing it for. Mm -hmm. I use that page mostly to, they have this cool feature where you can compile lists of books. So if you want to go in there and just look at books that I've recommended and then buy them at your local bookstore, I would much prefer that. Find a local place to support, find a black owned place to support in your city and go over there instead of at Amazon, basically, yeah. if you're able. Yeah. Totally. And not listed on your link tree is your Twitch account. I do have a Twitch. Yes. And maybe one day you will start streaming on Twitch. Maybe one day. With the username Andy Rajani, which is the same yes. name you have at the top of your link tree there. So I'm going to do a little a little shout out 
just so people can go follow that link. Do you have any ideas what you want to start? I definitely like to stream art some of the time. I'm working right now on figuring out how to set up with like my tablet and stuff so I can so I can stream just drawing and working on projects. And yeah. I do play a lot of video games. That That's how I ended up on Twitch in the first place was yeah. I would watch it while I was working and watch other people play games. It's so fun. Yeah. So your link tree has all sorts of resources for those listening to this later. That link tree is also in the show description. Is there anything else you want to make sure you say before we wrap up for today? I don't know. I think we got it all. I hope I made sense. I hope that people learned something from this or get a good resource. I think if I said do. something weird, call me out on it because talking's hard. <laughs> yeah. But I had a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, too. Thank you so much for showing up and being queer in my general direction today. It's so fun. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So to wrap up the recorded part of the show, next week's guest, everyone, is going to be Atlas O. Phoenix. And we're discussing human being human. I believe Atlas is also a videographer and is making either a biography or an autobiography. I'm not sure which. So we'll hear all about those projects coming up next week. For now, Genderful would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. Please feel free to join us live on Twitch on Mondays. Check out the replays on YouTube on Fridays and keep an eye on our your favorite podcasting platforms for edited audio-only versions. As Nefertiti says, trans rights are human rights. That's right. Thank you.